Welcome to Catholic Economics. I'm your host, Levi Russell, and today I'm going to be talking about the idea of Jesus as a socialist. So this is a silly Facebook meme that you get, uh, well, we've probably seen for years now, but I had a request from a listener to cover this topic. And uh, for me, this is going to be somewhat, uh, maybe not what you're expecting, because I'm not a political philosopher, so I don't, uh, I don't know much about political philosophy, and I can't tell you all the history of all these things. So what I'm going to do is talk about the policy and uh, economic side of things. So the most important thing here is to understand what socialism is. And I've been reading a little bit lately about postmodernism and and uh, trying to understand uh, Marxism and all this stuff and all these little disagreements you have. Uh, where people are saying, well, uh, postmodernism is not Marxism, and uh, Jordan Peterson was wrong when he said that uh, postmodernism is, you know, he calls it postmodern neo-Marxism and all of this. Um, and I, I don't really see the point in talking about all those different definitions and things like that. Um, but to the extent that it's important to understand the categories, um, I'm trying to understand those better. But I think from my point of view, and so I think I get this, uh, idea or, or this idea is very well stated, I think, in Patrick Deneen's book, um, Why Liberalism Failed. And I think what you have to do is instead of focusing on all of the differences between Marxism versus uh, laissez-faire capitalism versus the, the utopian socialists versus the postmodernists and all this stuff, Instead of worrying about all the differences between them, which I think is a very postmodernist way of looking at things, right? It's this critical theory stuff. Uh, I think what you have to do is just look at the continuity of it. And in Patrick Deneen's book, uh, I think what you see, and, and to me, what, I, what I'm starting to understand is the incredible continuity between uh, what we see today with critical theory and all of this stuff and the French Revolution and all of the stuff that, uh, you know, Protestantism and all that stuff, all of the things that brought on uh, the, the postmodern world that we see now. And what you see, I, what I, what, if you look at all of this from a certain point of view, I think, I think what, you, what you see is uh, an incredible continuity. And the continuity is in the... Uh, ability of liberalism to do nothing but destroy. It cannot sustain a society. Uh, people talk about, for instance, Adam Smith's uh, Wealth of Nations. And you know, we talk about all of his theories on markets and how markets work and how they benefit people and all of this. And one of the rebuttals to the laissez-faire capitalist types who, who like to talk about Marx in these terms um, is to say that, well, uh, Adam Smith lived in a time where the social institutions around the markets um, that that he was observing um, were preserving 
uh, traditional society and, and norms within that traditional society to the extent that uh, he could just look at markets and um, and see them in a, in a good light uh, while also maybe not quite understanding um, the, the, the problems with focusing uh, narrowly on those markets and um, sort of building an ideology around them. Um, an ideology, by the way, that fits within liberalism, right? It's a, it's a, it's a subset. So to me, there's a profound um, continuity here. And so postmodernism is just the logical conclusion of, um, or maybe not conclusion, but it's, it's the next, next logical step. Um, you know, the more liberalism tears society down, the more it atomizes everyone, the more it shreds the family apart, um, and the more it convinces us that we are all just uh, lonely individuals in a world with no family and no community, uh, the, the closer and closer we get to full atomization and a full obliteration of the family and the community um, in any sort of meaningful sense, right? I mean, we're always going to have these stupid facsimiles that um, the left, uh, uh, you know, the, the progressive wing of the liberal um, uh, the, the liberal mindset, I guess, or the liberal, uh, ideology, um, you know, all of those things that, uh, that, you know, those people will, will, uh, ape solidarity. They'll pretend to be, uh, concerned about, uh, mutual fellow feeling and, and common good. Um, but really all they're concerned about is, uh, their commitment to, uh, liberalism and the, the, the destruction of anything, um, that is not uh, atomistic uh, liberalism. So to me, there's a profound continuity there. And so when, when you understand that socialism uh, in this light, and, and maybe I'm wrong, look, hey, if I'm wrong, uh, you know, send me a, a message on Twitter, send me a, a message on Facebook, send me an email. All my contact info is in uh, the details of this episode. So help me learn uh, if there's something I'm missing here. Um, obviously, you know, you're, I'm always going to get the, you know, maybe the person who's going to say, well, you're just wrong about everything and you haven't read, uh, these, you know, 35 books on political philosophy. Fine. Okay. Maybe I'm too far gone. But, uh, to me, to the extent that, that socialism, uh, that we could recognize socialism and, and Karl Marx and all this stuff as just one more step along the, uh, long road of liberalism that we've had since, uh, before the Protestant Re Re revolution, um, then what what we what we see is that it's it's just idiotic to think that Jesus was a socialist, because Jesus was uh, uh, never going to be anything like a liberal, right? Uh, Jesus did not want to tear down society. Jesus did not want to shred civil institutions. Um, Jesus did not want to um, obliterate the family. Uh, Jesus had a, uh, exhorted us to be part of our communities. Um, and the church following his teachings, um, has, uh, uh, built, uh, its social teaching around the notion of the family and the extensions of the family, the community and, uh, and things like that. And so, um, just obviously, I think even someone as, as maledict or as, as uneducated on, political philosophy as I am, uh, I think can understand the silliness of this statement. Um, 
from a, from a political philosophy standpoint. But where does this, so where does this claim uh, start to hold weight? I mean, where, where, why do people actually think this is somewhat accurate or uh, why do subversive leftists try to use it uh, or think it's effective in um, converting people to their cause? Well, I, I think it's because we, we intuitively try to understand socialism as just a set of policies. And this is, uh, this is also a problem we have with the neocon or the, the right liberals. Okay. Um, socialism is not just a set of policies. I think I, I, uh, have described what I think socialism is. Um, it was, uh, to the extent that it, it, it that it's, um, uh, its thought is limited to a specific period of time, and, and now we're in postmodernism or whatever. Um, you know, it was just the most convenient way of convincing people at that time for that 200, 250 year period or whatever um, that really we needed to destroy society, and this was the best way to do it. Um, and now that we moved on to something else, it's just, you know, critical theory, postmodernism is just the most convenient way to do uh, that same thing. Uh, again, within the liberal project. So um, what, what kind of policies do we, do these people uh, attribute to Jesus that um, would then make him a socialist uh, in the mind of uh, your average kind of centrist Democrat or, um, you know, neocon Republican type. Um, and I think, you know, we, we, we hear, uh, Jesus telling us a lot about um, taking care of the poor and um, uh, uh, the the idea of poverty of spirit, right? Being very uh, unattached to worldly things um, and sort of walk, you know, he, I guess, you know, they're, they're going to tie it to like some kind of commune thing, right? Jesus was just walking around barefoot with his buddies uh, and all of this, um, you know, so th- there, there's some aesthetic pieces to this that people try to drag in. But, you know, I mean, but I think some of the stuff we, we can sensibly um, uh, put into some kind of policy category. Um, so we're talking about the poor. We're talking about being, being very unattached to worldly goods and stuff like that. Um, and there are certainly uh, policies that we might uh, have in mind to try to push these things, push these ideas that um, might not um, that that. that would certainly frustrate someone in the right liberal world. And, and that's what I think these, these Jesus was a socialist memes uh, are really all about. Um, they're, they're, they're directed at those people. And so, um, of course, I would agree that uh, I think the common good and, and solidarity being um, our, our efforts towards the common good um, under some kind of, you know, national government or something or state or local government uh, well, of course those things make sense. I mean, you, you would, maybe from a libertarian, they would say, oh, well, you know, Jesus told us we had to take care of the poor, but he didn't say, you know, the government could steal it through taxation. Right. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, you know, of course, taxation makes total sense in this, uh, uh, in this arena. And, and of course we would have, uh, policies that would make sense to take care of these things. So, uh, the idea that um, Jesus was a socialist is dead from the neck up, primarily from a political philosophy standpoint. Uh, socialism is 
a as, is a child of liberalism and jesus number one uh walked the earth long before liberalism was ever a thing and would never have been one uh quite clearly from his teaching would never have been one uh even if uh he had been here in 1850 or whatever um or 1930 i don't know um so uh, to me, this is an open and shut case. The policy angle, to the extent that, um, to the extent that, that Jesus had policies that modern day people who call themselves socialists like, is just a coincidence. It has nothing to do with socialism or social democracy, um, or or that political, that liberal political project in any way whatsoever. It just simply happens to be that uh, these two disparate groups of people agree on a certain policy. And, and again, a policy is like a hammer. It's just useful for something um, or it's not useful for something. It's not a feature of an ideology. Uh, the ideology is, is separated from that and, and the ideology picks a set of tools that it needs. Um, so I feel like this is an open shut case. Um, open and shut case. And so, uh, I, I appreciate you listening. If you'd like to support the show, um, I've got, I've got shows coming out for the next several weeks here, um, that I'm recording, um, all at once. And so I am getting back into regular content after my, um, my way too long hiatus. And, uh, I appreciate, um, the, uh, the folks who reached out with uh, my wife's miscarriage and stuff. I really appreciate all of you, uh, the, those of you who reached out, and um, I hope you continue to keep us in your prayers. Um, if you'd like to support the show, uh, there's links in the description. Um, and also, if you'd like to read more of my stuff, you can uh, check me out on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can uh, check, in, check out the Leonine Institute, leoinstitute.org. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>